I'm Chris Meredith. And I'm Paul Fairweather. And welcome to The Common Creative on a mission to explore and democratise the tools and techniques of creativity. And today we're exploring a slightly different format. We're going to hinge the whole episode around a story and we're going to use that story to explore particular aspects of creativity. And our story today is our very own Paul Fairweather. Paul, I'll give you a big billing here. I know you're going to tell us a story about water rats and I don't know of a connection between water rats and creativity, but I'm sure all will become clear. So tell us, Paul, tell us about water rats. Thanks, Chris. So my story today is about water rats. Back in 2001, I was invited through a friend to be an extra on what turned out to be the very last day of filming of the TV show Water Rats about the water police on Sydney Harbour. And as it turned out, my I was cast in the role as a dead body. And the idea was that I was going to be carried off the boat in one shot and laid down and they're going to do my face all up with worms and fish eating and they're going to unzip it to identify me. Anyway, I turned up on the day and at the time I was probably about 10 or 15 kilos heavier than I currently am and the two blokes that were going to carry me took one look at me and said, we're not carrying that fat bastard. So, <laughs> so I was demoted from a dead body to a, a, police, a policeman. And it's funny how you have a self-image of yourself because I always thought myself as probably a bit Miami Vice or at worst, no, Kojak. Uh, but when I had photos or photos of myself with Steve Bisley, I was straight out of the bill. I was a plod. <laughs> and, uh, so I, I got cast on this day as a policeman and my friend who was there with me, she got also cast as a policewoman because what had happened was it was the last day of shooting and some people just hadn't bothered turning up. So we, we got dressed as quite convincing police people and we were in about three scenes during the day. And one of the things I learned is that filming is very, very long and I don't know how many minutes they did that day, but, oh, my God, I was so bored for most of the day just sitting around. I wanted to jump up and run around and tell everyone to hurry up and do that and do that. So, But I was in two scenes, and the first scene I was in, I had to walk across the, the middle of the office and get this policewoman diver to sign a bit of paper on a clipboard. And so, you know, I thought I was being pretty cool, and so I walk across the stage i give her the bit of paper and she signs it and as i walk off i look down and she's written and he died of fright <laughs> 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 so then i was in an, i was in another shot and this one only had one camera and so it uh, i had to be in the shot and i was told to stand at the front desk shuffling papers as they pan across the front following a couple of stars. So I'm standing there at the desk shuffling papers and I dropped a piece of paper and you can't see this on the podcast, but I bent down to pick up the piece of paper and the camera panned over the top of me. (laughs) The first shot was cut, so it wasn't on. And the second shot was in the very last episode of Water Rats, but I'm not there because I'm (laughs) under the table. (laughs) 
Paul, I love it. This, two two big takeouts, still nothing to do with creativity, but the first is you're a failed corpse. <laughs> Congratulations. And the second is you didn't appear in the final episode because you were ducking down at the critical moment. <laughs> exactly. So, look, I, you know, I, I, th I thought... You know, being starting as a dead body, you know, was was really starting at the bottom. But it was it was a lot of fun because in the end they put us on the Nemesis with their big boat at lunchtime, dressed as police and out, you know, running around the bay, waving at all the Japanese tourists, and that was that was that was quite fantastic. And looking at some of the old sets that they had from from different different shows, and and it was really uh, quite good because it's an island somewhere in, in Sydney Harbour, so it was a, it was an interesting experience. And in the end, as I said, I wasn't uh, in the shot. I do have a, a, a VHS of the of the show, but I'm not in. I do have a great photo of me at the front desk, and another one of me with Steve Bisley and my and my friend. But you're saying you've got a VHS of the show, which doesn't well, have you in it. Well, I, I'm in it, but you can't see me. Uh, so, now, clearly, despite the fact that you know, from from the little note I got from the policewoman diver that I was a pretty crap actor. When I came back, a friend of mine who was in theatre and things, and he said to me, he said, oh, look, I know these people and they're looking for someone for this advertisement, TV advertisement. You, you should you should audition, you know. <laughs> so I went along to this audition and they're just looking at me and I'm thinking, afterwards I'm thinking, they're going, oh, my God, <laughs> who is this guy? Because, you know, what have you been? Oh, you know, I've been on Water Rats as an extra. <laughs> so... <laughs> So anyway, so that's my that's my story. Now we're gonna uh, come on and land this in the world of creativity, but give us a heads up. Where do you think the clues are for kind of perhaps some really great lessons about how to be an extra or how not to be an extra? But if you're a business person, you're looking for insights about creativity. Where are the clues in that story? I've got a few, but but where are the clues for you? Well, I, I think the, the the clues are for me is really about giving stuff a go and that and that's the first thing and and i always thought i wanted to be involved in filming and documentaries and i think i realized that i probably didn't because it just took too long it was too slow for me it was also a clue for for it was you know it was a hierarchical thing to understand how something you know is put together you know from little pieces and how it works and how the director you know, sits around a lot thinking, and it's very slow, and there's this real hierarchy. So I think it's a really interesting sort of observation of a creative process, which ultimately is a business because I had to get this stuff out you know, in the can, developed, edited, all that sort of stuff. So it was very interesting. And, you know, obviously, like we all know, you know, things aren't one take, but sometimes you forget. And when you watch, when I watch, you know, TV or a movie, I think this is life. You know? So it was a really strong reminder about how this media really works. So what what are your observations from that story, Chris? A um, couple of things. One is that how much hinges on, on the, the director. The, that person, in amongst all these individual takes and all the different characters doing what they do, or perhaps getting it right, getting it wrong, the director needs to have this overarching vision of what he or she's trying to deliver. And so each individual take, you might not know it. And so as an actor, you might not quite understand what's in their mind. And you just have to trust that that director knows what they're doing. 
and kind of not lose heart, not kind of be confused, just to take direction, to do what you're told of it, to be directed to do something. Because that one person's job is to bring it all together. So that, that to me was one that every idea needs that director who can sometimes defy the odds, sometimes say, no, no, I need you at that angle, right? And it's going to seem strange, but this is what I'm looking for and why. Um, well, but it's not just a director. That's the other thing that I remember now. You know, there's a director and there's all the director's assistants and, you know, the assistants of the assistants, which I did wonder what they're all about. But when you look at it and they're trying to put all this together, as you say, there needs to be a lot of people looking to see what you know what they're going to do because it goes from just a bunch of people standing around on a on a dock to this little bit of a scene where people are dialogue talking and then they walk off and and as you say it's all going to link up and as it was that day they ended up doing a take from a previous shoot which hadn't worked so it was really totally out of sequence and they whacked that in there and it made no sense at all to me so but to that director they, they knew what they were doing yeah I'm, I'm really struck by your point about giving things a go and i think there's perhaps two angles to that firstly if you give something a go there is a risk you'll succeed <laughs> you know it could pay off more than just a great experience but you know you could become a great actor you could um it could lead to something really good uh, and i think that's one side of giving it a go the other side i'd love to hear your view on this is that just the act of giving it a go and having a new experience then informs other things that you may do. Maybe the next day when you're at work doing your day job, you're a slightly different person because you've had this new experience, you've seen a different side of a creative business, and that helps you in other projects that you might be able to. I mean, would you agree with that as that second benefit of giving something a go? Um, yeah, I think definitely. It's very – I think there's sort of two parts to that if we sort of drill down. One is just from a personal experience to – to tell that experience to say, oh, you know, I did this. And it's like, oh, that's really interesting, <laughs> uh, you know, which is not, not about a CV thing, but it's about, you know, the breadth, a breadth of experience rather than deep diving. But, yeah, look, I, I think that when I, you know, particularly about this thing about efficiency and getting things done and, and collaborating, for me, like when I was a full-time architect, you know, we collaborate with you know, largest teams and different places and things. But this collaboration is at a different level because it's not just, you know, like a different consultants and builders and things. It's, you know, it's an actor and it's a lighting person, it's a makeup person, it's the film, it's the editor. And, and there's a whole, you know, there's a person that does the sets. and this. So there's a whole level of sort of collaboration. And I think that was a bit of an eye-opener for me as well to see that level of collaboration where everyone had, a very specific job, you know. There's, there's a guy that's you know pushing along the the, the the dolly guy, and there's you know the guy on the focus, and there's on the camera, and there's a sound guy, a couple of sound guys, and all that sort of stuff is is, is I think is eye opening in terms of learning how to how to collaborate. It's well, it's interesting. I mean, I myself have been on film shoots and. Having been the client, the person paying for it on various occasions, one of my frustrations has been that you don't see very expensive things and nobody runs and you want to see much, much more action than you actually do. A lot of people standing around. But actually that's the beauty of it, that the people know their role. And if they don't have that role to perform, they stop 
and there's no benefit in them diving in and helping. I mean, you don't want the makeup artist helping out the director because they've got nothing else to do. Um, they know to do their job when they when their job is needed and to not do it when it's not needed. In other words, it's very, very good teamwork. And I think in business, sometimes there's a great temptation to do other people's jobs just because you feel like you could help out or because you think they're doing something wrong. Um, and maybe maybe the world of business could learn from a, a, a TV shoot or an advertising shoot to have really clear roles, which involves doing your job when it's needed and not doing your job when it's not needed. And that second part is what, what gets missed. Yeah. And, and I think the other thing too around that is when the shooting is actually happening, everything's calm and everything is very focused. And it really comes down to primarily the actors saying their lines and making their movements, but it's also obviously the lighting, the sound, whatever else is involved. But it's it's calm. And even if the scene is hectic, everything on the outside is calm. You know, all the people watching are calm. And so maybe, you know, there's a couple of things to this. One is that the last thing you probably want to do is having everyone run around madly and go, right, now we're going to shoot, you know, everyone <laughs> – Everyone be calm. And so it's sort of just be calm all day. And I think, again, that's a little bit, you know, with deadlines. It's like we have a deadline. And I think in my view it was like, well, this is a deadline. The shoot's going to happen in five minutes. Let's, let's get going or we can do it quicker. But they don't really have a deadline because this is what they do day in, day out. And they just know that it takes that time to get to that point to have that shot. And you can't really speed it up because it doesn't really do anything. And if you try to speed it up, then it all goes wrong because there's so many bits that got to be put in place. I'd go beyond that. I mean, it's, I, I think it's a really good point that to, for kind of, a kind of productive creativity to thrive, you've got to be in the right mind space. People have to be calm. They've got to be focused. They've got to be collaborative. And if somebody's running around saying, let's all panic, let's speed up, let's, it's, it's a crisis, no one is going to perform well. And it's the kind of the job of, whoever's leading the thing, be it the director or producer on a shoot, or it might be a company director if it's in business, to exude calm, even in times of crisis, so as so that people can work effectively. Uh, I think it's particularly true in, when you're filming something, because what appears on screen is so fragile. If, if somebody's facial expression is wrong, the audience will pick it up. If they feel stressed and they're meant to look calm or vice versa, the audience will pick it up. Um, I think it's really interesting, the right mind space. And I, what, I'm, what I'm saying in the world of business is I don't see anybody really managing mind space. Yeah. I, I think that's very important what you're saying about, you know, the right look and stuff. And the other thing I learned is that if you're too fat, you can't be a dead body. Actors' <laughs> <laughs> uh, equity, there's a... There's a a limit, apparently, <laughs> even if you're supposed to be bloated. So I think, I think they used that. The most, you know, the supporting thing is they used a, a, a mannequin, I think a plastic mannequin, in the end as the dead body. But they had to be one shot. So they couldn't, you know, there's no trickery or thing. They couldn't, you know, carry out an empty bag and then stick it down and then stick me in the bag. It had to be one shot. So, you know, that was in the script and that couldn't be changed. So let's so, just be uh, careful. You lost an audition to a, a mannequin. <laughs> I, yes, that's correct. I lost. Uh, I lost. Uh, I lost an addition to American. Um, let me ask you one, one extra question about that. Is um, it sounds like a great experience to have done that? Uh, it sounds like you learned a lot, when we've now learned a lot about creativity. But what prompted you to have a go at that? It's the sort of thing everyone talks about, and nobody actually gets up and does it. So what, you got up and did it. 
Yeah, yeah, look, there's a, there's a bit of a backstory, which I'll share uh, another time. But basically, uh, my friend who was the, the widow of my best friend, we were in Sydney, we met this other friend of mine who was the production person, worked for Morning Star, not Morning Star, whatever, whatever star it was. And my friend was a big fan of water rats. And so this acquaintance from Sydney said to my friend, oh, look, you know, come along, come along and shooting. And one, like, one thing to led to another. And it was like, well, you know, you can, you can be an extra if you want. And uh, it was like, okay, sounds fantastic. So I, you know, I had to fly down, fly down to Sydney for it. So it wasn't. Uh, but I think you need a certain kind of mindset when you, you can talk about the sort of thing you talk about in a pub and, you know, nothing ever happens. But when suddenly there's this little moment of somebody says, well, you can be an extra. And instead of going, no, 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 that's not the kind of thing I do, you went, okay, I will. And I'll jump on a plane to, to, to give it a go. So you, you kind of took a leap into the into into something you had you didn't know what was going to happen or quite how it was going to pan out so i'm kind of asking what mind what attitude it takes to to have that uh, I, I don't know if bravery is too big a word but you kind of you did leap into something there and i'm sure Look, a lot of people wouldn't have done for me it's just why not you know it's an opportunity i was asked why not so it's not going to hurt me Certainly didn't hurt my career because I was never on the footage. <laughs> so, and I suppose, look in the you know the back of my mind, as you said, you know, I suppose I thought I'd probably be good at it because uh-huh. you know, I'm a kind of person, and this is one of my my first step, you know, starting at the bottom of the harbour. But as it transpired, uh, there was there was no no sequel. Or no prequel. There's a there's a lot of chat around online at the moment about the beginner's mindset and how important that is, um, and I I wonder if we can learn from that because that that idea you know, I, I might be good at it. It feels like you know, a, a lot of kids have that view. I can try that. I want to have a go at that. I could do that. Even like you know when they're six, I could drive a car or whatever it might be. And there's a real beauty in that that sense of optimism, that sense of confidence. So. Uh, I think there's another learning there about um, don't ignore that if you think you might be. <laughs> have a go. I think we're almost out of time there, Paul. Um, any last thoughts about creativity? We've heard about water rats. We've he- heard about giving things a go. We've heard about being in the right mindset so to allow people to work together as a team. And we've talked about the kind of beginner's mindset and being optimistic and confident about what you might be able to do. Anything else? No, I think it pretty well sums it up, Chris. I, I think that is uh, a good summary of, of uh, you know, a takeout from my my experience as a, an extra on water rats. So anyone listening in, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you have enjoyed it, please give a rating. And if you've enjoyed it a lot, please write a little comment in the podcast uh, notes. Please listen in next week. This is a weekly podcast all about sharing the tools and techniques of creativity. Thanks a lot for listening in. Okay, thanks for listening. Cheers. Thanks for tuning in. Please don't hesitate to hit subscribe to ensure that you don't miss out on our next episode. If you'd like to know more details or contact either of us, please go to our website, thecommoncreative.co.